This is part three of a three-part podcast. Hi, my name is Ryan. I've been a supporter of Paul's for many years now. I wish to get the podcast and video creation part of the system we call Paul back up to full speed. And I think Patreon support is a big part of that system. Go over to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. Make a pledge for each artifact that Paul creates. Again, the site is patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. You can also find the link in the podcast notes. Enjoy the podcast. So then we also have the uh, the window quilts and harvesting winter window condensation with Jen. Yeah. So I'm currently working on that project at Allerton Abbey, and basically the idea is, I mean, one, a window quilt is going to be kind of a classic energy-saving thing to keep all your heat from leaving through your windows in the What's winter. What's the difference between a window quilt and a, and a winter curtain? Well, I mean, the window quilt is just thicker, more insulative, and like ours essentially are, one, going to be made of natural materials, they're going to be hopefully mold-proof, and there's some design work going on to make them um, kind of fit into the windows so that they're, you know, blocking a lot more of the heat loss right. or so, heat transfer. So basically it's kind of like, you know, glass is oftentimes, and Wafati has a lot of glass. A lot of glass. And so glass is oftentimes your biggest heat loss point. Yeah. And so, um, and rather, and you could just put curtains over it, but most curtain installations are do, are done so poorly right. that it doesn't really save you much. No, and a lot of them just sort of create a thermosiphon effect um, yeah. in front of the window, anyway. Yeah. And so basically, this is uh, this is a design to kind of cork that window much better. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, and the condensation harvesting part, um, we're essentially just, because of the heat differential, um, obviously you get com- condensation on your windows. This is just a way to harvest it and direct it somewhere else, like to a potted plant or to, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. So then that brings us to track seven, which is uh, the skills to inherit property track. All right, so then this is going to be a long list of BBs, mm-hmm. and most of them will be led by Mike. Um, and uh, so, but the idea is, is that like if uh, a dozen people show up and they're like, "I want to do this, I want to get this bit of experience," then it's going to be like, "All right, you know, here's what you need to do to be able to get the BB." to get certified for the BB. Um, and so you're going to build this birdhouse. So you got to show your materials together, take a picture. Or carve tool handles or sharpen tools or make round wood mallets or make adobe bricks or build a retaining wall. So each one of trees. There's, there's a long list. It's not just a shitty birdhouse. No, no, it's not just. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Whatever is the thing that you're going to do, you're doing it. You have to do it. But you have to take a picture of it at certain points. Mm-hmm. So take a picture of, like, here's my materials, take a picture of here I am halfway through it, here's my final product. Mm -hmm. And then you put the pictures up on permies in the right place, and then you get certified for having completed that BB. Mike has gone to a lot of trouble to try to make it sure that when people attend uh, this track um, uh, during the Jamboree, and then they attend the following uh, skip event that they'll be PEP1 certified at the end. Right. So he's got a very strict, tight schedule to follow to see to it that it gets done. 
But what's probably going to happen is is that you're going to get you're going to have two hours to get this thing done. You're going to get it done in half an hour. Then you can go to all the other stuff. Right. And then the and then the, you come back two hours later and they're doing the next thing. And then you do that thing and then you can go do all the other stuff. Right. So. Um, <clears throat> Uh, and of course it depends. Sometimes there's going to be a thing where it's like, oh, I thought I could get it done in two hours, but this has taken me four hours. And it's like, not a problem. You're going to have plenty of time to get through it and get it done. Mm-hmm. So yes, there's the, um, uh, the skip track. And so all the stuff in the skip track, I know that I, I think the first thing is, is building birdhouses, which is next to the home sitting track, I believe, which is for building a good birdhouse. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be led by, uh, Jim, who was here last year. And so. And then he builds great birdhouses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now we talked earlier about like how, uh, Tim Barker could have four plates spinning at once. He'd have four builds going at the same time. Right. And, and he would just, you know, go around. But of course, Jim is a former shop teacher. So then you're going to have 24 different students building 24 different things at the same time. And then he's used to going around to keep all of them moving forward without cutting any limbs off. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as well as building his own weird contraption that he thought up in a dream. <laughs> that sounds like Jim. Yeah, no, yeah. Jim's Jim's great. He's really good. He keeps it all going, and we all kept our fingers. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We appreciate yeah. Jim. So then, if a bunch of people are building different grades of birdhouses, that sounds like that's that's super Jim right there. Yeah, he'll be all over it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So what else is on the list? Uh, the skip list? Skip so, list. I, so mallets, I kind of feel like mallets yeah. are the flagship product of the whole PEP1 program. You, mm-hmm. you get it, you carve up a mallet, and that's like day one, first thing. Yeah. And, and then, uh, and then you're gonna make the compound mallet, which is the kind of mallet where you've got like a block on the end of a stick. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and all of the, all of the things on this list, you know, there's like cutting down trees and, um, and, you know, treating them well so that you can use them either for firewood or, uh, for timber framing. There's making the rock jacks. There's sealing a pond. All these things, um, it's like the building blocks for skills to inherit property, skills to maintain property um it's really a skill building track it's pretty cool um which takes us on to track eight which is the homesteading track so the homesteading track is it's exactly the same as the skip track only completely different (laughs) (laughs) it's got everything from uh whereas the skip track is designed strictly to be like everybody's going to get their bb and so don't forget to take your pictures. But if you want to come and do it without taking pictures, you can. Right. And then the homesteading track is like, uh, come on over and do this thing, right. and you'll do it hands-on. You mm-hmm. will do it. And if you want to, you can take pictures and get a BB. So everything in the homesteading track is um, part of the PEP1 program, SKIP program. Right. And, and so... Uh, but it's just like it's going to be a little less formal, whereas right. the skip track is very formal. Right. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, in the home sitting list, everything from making a Hugo culture garden, making uh, insect hotels, snake and toad habitat, hot water bath cam- canning, fermenting, uh, pickling, foraging, harvest, and eat wild edibles. Um, Harvest and pre- preserve natural medicines. Um, like there's example here of a comfrey poultice, a dried mullen, dried bone leaves, and other things. Um, 
There's uh, making public art and branding a location, textiles, sewing, darning, crochet, basket weaving, making twine, um, using rocket contraptions from rocket stoves, ovens, uh, rocket water heaters, and uh, driving the excavator. So, yeah, the very first thing that's happening very early on is um, uh, building uh, hugelkultur beds. And so this will be happening at Allert and Abbey. So you guys will probably be in the neighborhood while it's happening. Yeah. And uh, so, but of course, you know, uh, when other people have come to do, to get their BB, then Mm -hmm. then they, you know, drove the excavator, they built their hugelkultur bed. And of course, part of it's about driving the excavator, part of it's about um, seeding it, and part of it's about mulching it. I think there's a requirement to get the BB, like you have to use um, like three different kinds of mulch. Yeah, or I don't know how many like kinds, that. but X number of different kinds of mulch. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. take pictures of everything. Right. Totally. <laughs> and so... Um, so yeah, a part of it, part of that one is going to be driving the excavator, and the reason why it's not on the skip track is because when you go to the skip event, that's in the skip event. Mm. Right. So, but another thing that when when we made this schedule, then Mike and I were trying to like get everything to work out because the excavator was like needed for. I mean, the excavator is needed for Alan's stuff. Yeah. For for the spring terrace and the excavator is needed for building these hugelkultur beds and the excavator is needed for the greenhouse. Please don't die, excavator. And and, and it's also needed for uh, the, the passive solar garden heaters yeah. at the lemon tree site. So every, all of these things are scheduled, like there's the whole excavator track that's right. kind of woven between all the other right, tracks. Right, right. <laughs> Which, like, we should reiterate, obviously you can jump back and forth from the pep track to the homesteading or to any of the other events. It's not like right. you sign up for the pep track and you're stuck no. getting BB after yeah. BB. Yeah. You can, yeah, right. No, you can you can wander around to all the other things. Now, of course, there is going to be a division between base camp and the lab. Right. And so I think this is a good time to point out that when you drive from, I mean, the the they're a mile apart as the crow flies, but when you drive, you actually have to drive to the far end of the lab. I mean, right. this is the Rocky Mountains. Yeah. <laughs> as the crow flies is right over those mountaintops. Cool. But as as you drive, you kind of want to stay on the flatter parts and the roady bits. <laughs> and so uh, you end up having to drive to the far end of the lab. And the lab is 200 acres. It's huge. And so um, it's it's two miles right. driving. Um, uh, to the lab, so it's and uh, and we'll have all the rides taken care of. We'll take care of all the transportation and stuff. But basically, once you're at one or the other, and the van is gone, you can't really wander from the lab and back until um, uh, everything comes back. So I kind of feel like if you're gonna go up to the lab, right, and all the food's gonna be at base camp, right. But if you're gonna go up to the lab, you're there for half a day. Yeah, so you'll have to kind of pick and choose your projects. Like if you want to be up where the Wolfati greenhouse is being built, you'll probably miss some of the pep stuff that's going on at base camp or mm-hmm. vice versa. So yeah. although hopefully we'll have a whole bunch of bicycles. Um, that's true. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah. That's true. We have like a dozen bicycles now. And then we got a bunch more coming that should be here before then. In fact, that should be like, we should turn it into an, an announced event, you know. <laughs> when the bike shop shows up. Uh, when yeah. the bike shop arrives, because they're, they're, I think they're going to bring it to us 
on bicycles cool. from Missoula. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'll awesome. be a that'll be a trip. Um, so that that brings us to track nine, which is the boot camp track. Mm-hmm. Um, so some people in the past have uh, been like, oh, hey, what are those guys doing? Um, <laughs> the boot camp is, of course, going on during the event. Right. Um, and so the boots are doing interesting hands-on activities, and it's totally possible for you as an attendee to hang out with the boots and work with them for any period of time. Mm-hmm. Now, the boot camp, when, it, when the boot camp is going on at the same time in the past as the AT, Mm-hmm. And we've had four ATCs. So even though we're calling this the Jamboree, this will be our fifth year of doing this. So the boot camp would generally assist the event. Right. Um, and, uh, and so you guys were students at the event last year, attendees. Yes. And you saw the boots. Right. And so basically you guys did whatever you thought was cool and fun. Mm-hmm. And what did the boots do? Uh, finished whatever we didn't <laughs> want to finish and provided a lot of support um, in terms of cleanup and materials organization and telling us where things were and logistics in general. Fire up the uh, the showers? Um, um, mostly attendees were doing okay, that. Right, but right. but yes, that if that we hadn't, thing. they would have. Yeah, yeah. Right. But they also had other projects that they were doing at that yeah. time. Yeah. That's yeah. true. So. That's true. That's true. And we've noticed at like last fall, some of the people were kind of like uh, here for an event, but they were like, can I just go and do what the boot camp is doing today? You know, and it's like, Sure. Yeah. Because <laughs> you guys were like doing some cob stuff, and they were like, "I know I'm not here for a cob event, but I want to like do some of that." Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's like no no problem. Um, so uh, now granted, usually when you do when you make that leap, you might be stuck with the boots for half a day. And, right. Uh, for but the they same, will always yeah. circle back for food, just like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Is it lunch? Yes. <laughs> so, but you know, and it's like it's not. We don't know. What what they'll be working on, but you know, they'll be doing something. The day that, yep. like, if it's if it's like Wednesday morning, uh, you can check in with Fred, and Fred will say like, well, today we're going to be burr, 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 and it's like, ooh, can I join? Yes, you can. And so um, that's a that's a track, that's a viable track, and then track ten, spontaneous innovation. So what has happened at Every event that we've ever had, every ATC in the past, therefore, I'm sure it's going to happen this year, too, is that during the course, there were ideas of things that needed to be done or that they wanted to do or wanted to try and experiment. Um, An experiment or like uh, something that wasn't on the list was to move that um, antenna. Oh, right. I was really shocked at how many people were like, I want to be involved in moving the antenna. I was also shocked, frankly. <laughs> I didn't want to be involved at all. <laughs> yeah. It was like, let's all go and move that antenna. <laughs> and I was uh, okay. <laughs> so, well, I think what happens is that a lot of people have projects on their homesteads or they're imagining having a homestead of their own and realizing that they lack a particular skill that maybe isn't super glamorous, but they want to be able to install an outlet or move an antenna without, you know, destroying 
themselves or their infrastructure, and so people like to get in on that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. Mm. Uh, or uh, so then they kind of create an idea. Yeah. They kind of talk about like I want to you know do a thing, and uh, can we make something like mum yum yum? Yeah. And then you happen to have a bunch of experts there on that topic, and it's exactly. like yeah, we can we can get that set up. Right. Now you might be doing it on your own, but but we've tried to make the schedule so that a uh, all of the instructors that are here for the full two weeks get a day off in the second early in the second week. Right. Um, and so the uh, my impression is is that almost all the instructors are going to be like um, bored to death with a day off, and they want to be they want to come play. So that there's that. But at the same time, there's going to be a lot of stuff where it's like, oh, we got our thing done, and now we have time to go work on this other thing that we were talking about possibly doing. Totally. And here. At Wheaton Labs, we've got materials that you don't find at most homesteads. Right. So it's like, you want to do something rockety? We have a bunch of high-temp insulation that most homesteads don't have. And we also have a lot of tools. Right. And not, there's, most homesteads do not have a plasma cutter. Right. Uh, most homesteads do not have the tile cutter like we have, which is more like a brick cutter. Um, it's a it's a rare kind of tool. Right. Um, and and we've got um, we've got a we've just got a lot of tools. I feel pretty spoiled most of the time when I'm working in that shop. Yeah. When, when you want the point and shoot thermometer, we've got not the one that goes to 600 degrees. Ours goes to 1800. Not the $12 thing that only goes so far. Ours ours is the uh, $200 uh, you know thermometer. It's pretty fun. Yeah. So we've we've got we've got some specialty tools that you're not going to find at most other places, and so combining the tools, the people that are here, yeah. and uh, the materials that we have on hand, right. plus um, there's always going to be a, a boot that's making another like almost every day during the last event. Um, somebody had to drive in to Missoula to get more materials. Right. And so that's another thing too is if you're going to be experimenting um, with a prototype, that can be really expensive. And so <clears throat> if you're doing it on your own. Right. And so here at least you get to try it out and uh it's not a and you you're not ending up, you know, breaking the bank for it. Totally. All right. That's it. That's the whole event. Uh, wow. I don't I I imagine we've left out like a bunch of stuff, but right. I can't think of it right now. We should plug I'm, the work trade again. Uh, I, come I work kinda, trade with us. Yeah, come work. <laughs> I believe if you want to attend just this one event, um, because of course there's the PDC, then the Jamboree, and then the two-week skip event. Um, if you want to do a work trade for all three, you come for more time. But I think if you want to just one event, I know it's seven weeks. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a so you got to do it beforehand. Right. And um, you get to work with us and Fred, and we're great. So <laughs> it'll be super fun. <laughs> uh, I I believe that if you want to do two events. Then uh, the work trade is 11 weeks, 
and I can't remember what it is to do all three. Right, um, but you get like essentially a sweeter deal the more events you work trade for. Right, yeah. right, right. And we've got reasons for that. I mean, one of them is is that when you've been here in the boot camp for uh, seven weeks, mm-hmm. then those last four weeks you get twice as much done as you did oh, the first yeah, seven. Oh yeah, totally. Weeks. You know, it's like totally. you're, you kind of get the lay of the land and you get more productive as as you're here more. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus, I think another thing is is that um, uh, when you're here for like all three events, that at the third event you're kind of helping out a lot mm-hmm. um, because you've you're familiar with how the events kind of go. Right. And so we've found that people that are here for all three events are usually, like, help to make the, or who've been here for, like, even the two events or the three events, they're they're very, very helpful after they've been here a while. Right. Even if they are uh, attendees and not mm-hmm. and not part of our official staff. Right. So it's kind of like, we're, we're okay with making this a sweet deal in that respect. But, um... <clears throat> I know one of the things that didn't get mentioned was the rocket kiln. Mm-hmm. I know we're firing it up, and right. and we're going to conduct experiments with it. I believe that that people are saying that it needs um, an overhaul, and it's like okay, so let's fire it up. Let's put some cones in there, find out like what temperature we can get it to and hold it at, how difficult or easy it is. And um, one of the things I notice is that it does not, like the main chamber of the kiln does is not a stratification chamber. Right. And that, so if nothing else, we need to get that to be a stratification chamber. Um, but first thing to do is to test it and make a design. And then I suspect that when we get into October for our rocket mass heater workshop jamboree, then we'll, we might be building a new kiln. Mm-hmm. Yes. But first, we've got to do the analysis on the kiln that we have. I'm super excited about getting a new kiln. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anything else? What have we left out? There's some uh, some instructors that we haven't mentioned. We talked a little bit about uh, Uncle Mud, mm-hmm. uh, the extraordinary Uncle Mud who will be here. Um, we've got uh, Jim. We talked about Jim, uh, ex uh, battleship salesman, and uh, not, what? Not, not really. Um, <laughs> no, he's, he uh, he's a former shop teacher and the king of scrounge. Um, he's oh got yeah, that he book. has a book. He's uh, got the the scrounge book, the high art and subtle science of scrounge. But look, there's there's a picture of his natural building that he made. Yeah, that's so really cool. a two story. Yeah, uh, looks like it out. The round one. round wood uh, uh, cord cordwood, um, and it's a round building. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, this website is uh, Wheaton Labs, Wheaton-Labs.com. Um, you can find all the information about the uh, event. It's our brand new website. Nice. We've got a new domain and everything to go with that. So that way we can kind of separate from all the permies stuff. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Um, and then we've got Raisha Beck, who will be here. She's a medicinal herb farmer and wildcrafter uh, from the wilds of Northwest Washington. Now, you've um, met her. You know about her. Uh, I am from a similar community. I don't know, I don't know if I actually have met her. I probably have. Um, 
But she uh, does a lot of ethnobotany and Western herbalism, and she'll be here. Um, we've got you, Paul. We didn't talk about you as an instructor. Yeah. Um, and we're not going to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, That's fine. We've got Mike, who will be t- uh, leading the skip, the skip track. Yeah. Um, but he has lots of experience in relevant things, including metalworking and woodworking and mechanical engineering. Totally. Um, He's put a ton of work into this event and schedule, too, to make it really Oh, good. yeah. He is yeah. the schedule master. Master. Yeah. Um, and so the three of us brainstormed for, what was that, like a week and a half, two weeks yeah. of just, you know, beating these lists to death. And then and then I went and started working with Mike to kind of, you know, formalize it. Yeah. And then we started contacting all of the instructors right. to find out who can make it. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so he it, was in on a lot of the brainstorming, too. But, yeah. Thank you, Mike. That's true. That's right. Yeah. That's right. We, we piped him in. Yeah. We've got Eric, who is um, who is another first timer instructor here. Yes, uh, that'll be really exciting to have him. He's out. also a shop teacher. Um, shop teacher, cool. uh, auto but, recycler, self-described but, uh, auto recycler. But he's he's been uh, cranking out the BBs in the skip program. Oh, neat. And um, uh, but he's got a lot of experience building lots of things, mm-hmm. as you can see down here yeah, uh, in all the cool. pictures. But yeah, he's he's uh, he's going to be taking on uh, quite a few of the projects. I can't remember exactly which ones. I think he's going to be running the uh, man like running point on the build of the skittable uh, sauna. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and then I think he's um, also set up in the second week to be uh, a backup for the building at the greenhouse. And he's, I think he's got a bunch of projects. His his dance card is very full. Uh, we also have Dre, who will be. Um she she runs Strong Wife Sourdough, and she'll be teaching a lot of uh, fabric textile stuff as well. Cool. Yep. Um, and we've got Alan and myself. Oh, Ron. Um, we haven't talked about Ron, but oh, his, his, gonna his, he's going to be here. So Ron can teach a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And and so what he's going to what he's going to do is he's going to make sure that um, uh, everything is moving forward at a strong forward velocity. <laughs> And, the floater. And, and and yeah, he's gonna his his function is to go around and make sure that everything is doing very well. So if, if there's like if if half the students are all at one place, then Ron will go over there and be an assistant instructor for that thing. Right. And um, so he's going to, but but I I kind of wonder if uh if the roundwood uh uh pavilion the roundwood timber framing pavilion is in the mm-hmm. second week mm-hmm. maybe ron can kind of do half time if everything's running pretty smoothly with everything everybody's in the groove maybe he'll maybe do that yeah. and depending on some of the attendees if some of the some of the attendees will probably show up with some skills of their own right right and maybe they'll just be like we're going to make this happen we're going to pull this off and so Ron could kind of half time it in there, and then uh, also making sure that everything's. So he's going to be kind of a concierge of sorts. Right. I think right. that might be a good way to put what Ron's role is. But um, uh, we kind of we the, need to offer as an instructor in his own right. So. Oh yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. He's he ran point on the berm shed. Yeah, and we worked so. with him quite a bit um, over the last few months 
building the berm shed and as kind of a boot camp leader. And he's got a ton of skill. Really cool guy. Look forward to having him back here. He's a, he's a, uh, you can't stop me from working 16 hours a day. Oh yeah, no, he's a total workaholic. We yeah. love you, Ron, but you're a total workaholic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why would I need to stop to eat food? I could just eat food and work at the same time. Same I don't time, understand yeah. why you guys have to stop to eat food. <laughs> <You're right>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, and, and those are the instructors for whom we have, uh, gotten their bio right. and pictures and stuff. There's some instructors right. that are committed to being here, oh, wow. but it's like we can't, it's like we need, we need a, just like a little paragraph and a picture and we haven't been able to get that from them. And it's like they're shy. Right. <laughs> so there's, for, for example, Rodney. Oh, yeah. Rodney's going to be an instructor. Oh, here. oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, and he did. I mean, he seems electrical stuff is mostly his wheelhouse. Yes. He taught me how to take apart a water pump and put it back together mm-hmm. the right way. Yeah. <laughs> that guy has all kinds of skill. Oh yeah, yeah. he's yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah. So, um, in fact, uh, and he ran point on the uh, the repair cafe. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, uh, we've got it set up so Rodney is running the repair cafe for most of the time, but we've also got a time set up where it's Rodney and Jim. Cool. And so, um, but I kind of like I kind of feel like when the repair cafe is going on. A lot of the instructors will be making a pass through the repair cafe to like look at the projects yeah, and, and, and give yeah. their feedback. Right. So, um, but anyway, uh, uh, but Rodney did not provide a picture or a bio, and so it's not on there. There were a couple of others that were like that also, right. and it's like, uh, um, but no worries, they'll yeah. be they'll be here, and uh, they're just they're just shy. Um, but I think that the uh, the schedule looks amazing. Right. And ten tracks. Yeah. I mean, I think that this is going to be a very packed event. And once again, designed for the pod people. Yeah. Um, I think that our. I think some people, if they if they chose to come to this event and they didn't know our values, they might be frustrated because they're going to be like, oh, I'll just use. Glue. Wafer board yeah. and glue yeah. and cement and and it's like no we're doing all this without those things. Right. Um, I I think that it's possible that there there could be some glue at some point, but I think we work hard to not use glue. Right. Um, I think that it's possible that for some projects somewhere we might include some small amount of cement, mm-hmm. but I think we do a good job of avoiding it as much as we can. Yeah. And finding another way. Which I really appreciate. Um, I have some chemical sensitivities, so like I can't normally attend an event like this. Like I can't work in a shop that's full of chemicals and glue. So that's a really great thing to be able to participate in. You know what? Uh, one thing I notice is that whenever I go to Missoula now, mm-hmm. I feel like the whole town smells like automobile exhaust. Automobile yeah. exhaust outside and artificial fragrances inside. Yeah. yeah. And then... Jocelyn and I, we needed to stop by the Home Depot and pick something up. Oh, God. Yeah. And I have, this is the first time I've ever been in the Home Depot, and the second we walked in, it just smelled like yeah. chemicals. It's bad. Headache, and, nosebleed. And I guess you just kind of get used to being out here, mm-hmm. and then when you go into these places, I mean, they're the same as they've always been. Right. But, but it's like if you, I don't know, I, we just get to this point. And then we had a, like, what was that, a week ago, a woman stopped by. She was here for one hour, 
and uh, she was wearing perfume. I had to leave the house. I and it was like uh, it took like uh, a day, and I I felt like it was like uh, it's it's like some sort of weird sticky oil got stuck inside my mouth. I could taste it. Yeah. I could ah oh, ah. Oh. And even though I left, I like you know got away from her. I just felt like. I can't get this smell off of me. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so you guys got to not. Did you meet her? No, but no. there was a, a fellow who came by a few weeks ago to drop something off, and he was wearing some cologne that did the the same thing to me. Oh yeah. Yeah. But did you get sick, or was it just like uh, it just irritated it was you? Just um, I got a little bit of a headache, but mostly it was just irritation. Like you can just smell it, and it makes you not want to be there. It's overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. So, Josiah, you met the woman. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'm not crazy, because you had the same oh, no. sensation. No, it's like my clothes smelled like her perfume for for a while, at least four hours. Yeah. And it's like, I... I didn't even I I didn't even touch you. <laughs> yeah, right. We only got like three feet away with the closest. Yeah, know? and it's like ah, it's like I can taste it on my tongue. How do I get rid of this? Ah. Oh. So, so anyway, none of that will be going on. During the event. Yeah, right. No, I think well, during an event we don't have that problem. And no, Jen- I do a lot of dirty work here, and the number of times that I've been exposed to chemicals is like less than I can count in one hand. Right. You know, and it's like. Um, Even with all the automotive stuff right. you've been doing, and um, yeah. So it's it, we're we're really conscious about limiting exposure, not only to our bodies but also to just the environment of you know even the shop. It's like how do you how do you prevent having the apron, the concrete apron of the shop, you know, stained with chemicals that are then going into the water table? And it's like we we really try hard to limit all that. Right. We think about the water table quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I do think we do we have used paint. Now we we own glue, and we there have been a couple of times that we've used a little bit of glue. Right, you definitely get this like shame feeling if you have to resort to the glue it's or the like, paint. Or the paint. Yeah, it's like yeah. you have failed, and so, <laughs> like this is the paint of shame. Yeah, and it's and it's kind of like okay, how can we do this without? these right. things and but once in a while it's like i can't we think can't of anything, come up with anything and ever. and it's like uh, but and then we're like okay how do we minimize the use and of course if we're going to use paint let's use it correctly right. so we're going to put down a primer coat we're going to you know we're going to sand it really well first put in the primer coat and you know and uh uh so yeah there's However, this this house, this building that we're in at the moment, the Fisher Price House, which only is allowed to exist in the world provided that you paint it periodically. Right. It did get a full coat of paint last year, which right. is like, and we tried to think of, and we we even explored, um, you know, what can we do that's a more natural. But it's, but the design of the building is such that the walls, the exterior walls, are extremely exposed to the weather. There's yeah. there's like almost no eve well, on this building. Well, and we experimented with like the lime wash, but it wasn't really successful. And yeah, there's yeah. just it, now that's a that's going to be at the event this year. Right. We'll right. use. I, so we were thinking that the lime wash that we used last. Last year mm-hmm. um, was using old lime. Old lime, yeah. We were trying to use up some lime that was in the shop so as not to waste it, but it had just had too long to sit, and it's 
it wasn't as chemically potent as it needed so to be. Yeah. We are going to do uh, whitewash this year, and we're going to use fresh lime. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. So, um, all right, all right. The, the the key is is that um, there's our standards. Yes. And and it can be difficult and challenging to solve problems within our standard set. And uh, whereas it's kind of like. Uh, uh, in the world, I mean, I don't know how many times people have suggested for some of the things that we were looking at for Alert Abbey to get that stuff in a can called Great Stuff. Huh. Where, I, okay, so Josiah knows what it is. You don't know what it is. I don't think I do. Spray foam. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I've used... Yeah, I've been around that. Yeah, I just so you just so it's, it's like that yeah. thing that's above the the big wall. Yeah, it's like how do we seal that space? And so everybody's right. like, let's just get some great stuff and right. spray it in there. But it's like, okay, can we do this with that? So we ended up peeling back the roof and filling it with cob instead of simply spraying in a whole lot of great stuff and hope it did the trick. Right, right. <laughs> So, so, yeah, there's definitely things that take longer or may seem insane to people who don't have a problem with great stuff, but yeah, we right. like it. <laughs> so I know at the uh, ATC last year, there was a point in time when I believe um, uh, Rodney, uh, like I think we, we went and we got some or we may have had enough of it. Um, not not Bondo. J.B. Weld. J.B. Weld. J.B. Weld. Yeah. yeah. And it's like we got to a point where it's like, well, I, I think for this thing we're going to use some J.B. Weld. It, it works really well, alas. <laughs> yeah. But we don't use a lot of it. No, uh, we haven't used, I mean, that was what, six months ago or something like that, and I don't think we've used any J.B. Weld since. It yeah. was just for last year's ATC. Yeah. Right, right. So um, I think that's a big part of it. And then, of course, you know, the, the, the bigger structures, how do we get something that uses far less energy? How do we um, uh, use more natural materials like here? And, and and that was the thing, too, today. Like we posted, I posted a new video that, uh, you, that you edited, Josiah, the one about putting the dirt on top of the berm shed. Right. And, uh, and then um, somebody was trying to say, because I was saying like, yeah, we got a roof on 1,500 square feet for 100 bucks, and um, and I'm just talking about the cost of materials for the for the roof. What's in the video? Right. And they're like, actually, it's more expensive when you count in all the wood and the labor and the and and the cost of a tractor. And I'm kind of thinking like, the tractor was already there. The wood was all free, except for, you know, us to go get it right from the, you know, from from 100 feet away instead of having to drive into Missoula and get it. Right. Um, and so it's kind of like, um, I, I think that some people are just hell-bent on, like, this whole different... It's like, yeah, I guess if you're going to go buy the logs... Right. If you live in the middle of a desert, have no trees and no tractor, and, you know... A broken leg. Don't build a berm shed. Like, <laughs> if you have a yep. tractor and it's a bunch of logs and you can work, like, it's better than having to pay cash for a lot of people because they've got time and logs and no cash. Well, and, yeah. if, and if you're in the desert, there's there's a more appropriate design. Exactly. Yeah. 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 All right. Anything else about the permaculture technology jamboree? I'm really excited about it. This yeah. list of projects is awesome to me. Um, <laughs> we made this list of I'm, projects, <laughs> but me too. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of like, oh man, I really want to just like be an attendee. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, so you know, like, it's a great list of projects. There's going to be so many cool skills attained while yeah. while working all of this stuff. So I'm really psyched, and I'm you know I'm a little bit jealous of everyone who ends up uh, showing up with the, with a ticket. Yeah, so, me too. <laughs> so so what you're saying is is that it sucks to be a teacher at this event. It's well, you know, I'm torn because I I think this. Uh, the uh, the greenhouse design is awesome, and I'm psyched to just you know immerse myself in making that thing really cool. Totally. There's so many cool parts to it, everything from the thermal well to you know like the apron, and then the the whole gray water system. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, yeah I'm really excited. Yeah, that is really exciting. But yeah, I more so little... than the uh, the sauna, the rocket sauna. Oh man. I know you guys talk about that like every day. We do talk about that a lot. I mean, I think the saunas. It might be second on my list, but the the Wofati Greenhouse is my favorite project. I'm excited to see how that goes. I mean, there's so much to learn from having the Wofati Greenhouse. The sauna, an interesting thing is, like, right now we're in the middle of um, all of the uh, scare about coronavirus. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I read something recently that apparently um, a sauna, now I'm not really a sauna person, but I understand that a sauna will eliminate 40% of all illness. Um, And basically what it does is it emulates a fever. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, when you get a fever, it, it'll kill off whatever it is that's trying to invade your system. Right. And when you're in a sauna, you're basically doing a preventative fever, I suppose. Interesting. Um, and your your core temperature gets so hot that it cooks out most of the things that um, your um, uh, immune system would normally kill off. Right. I mean, mm. from everything I've read, saunas have, you know, a plethora of beneficial physiological effects. And I mean... And they're also a sort of a traditional off-grid bathing solution in a lot of countries. Like, that's how people bathe in the winter when you don't want to dunk your body in cold water, <laughs> which makes a lot of sense. Um, and, you know, they're fun and we like them. So we look forward to that. I always kind of thought of sauna as, like, uh, skin care. Like, right, I, I remember right. building a sauna with my dad when I was uh, 14. Oh, cool. And then, um, uh, and of course, at 14, <laughs> there was the ravages of being a teenager and, and skin care. Ah, uh, right, And it's right. like, it was kind of amazing in how well that worked. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Hmm. So, <clears throat> but now that I'm old, I don't have that problem anymore. Yes. Yeah. It's great. So... Uh, I'm looking forward to the event. I'm, I'm just excited at what we've managed to pull together. Um, this is, this is going to be a very packed two weeks. And, um, and I kind of feel like the way that we've got it together is we've got, um, redundant staff. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I don't know. The, the things that are going to, because uh, like in the past ATCs, I I was allowed to ask for one artifact, mm-hmm. and now we've totally overhauled the whole thing so that it's pure artifacts. Right. Each, <laughs> each instructor commits to finishing their the artifacts they're in charge of, come hell or high water. Right. Yeah. Right. 
Um, and then, uh, uh, I mean, when we're all done with this, instead of having one artifact at the end. So, for example, the solar food, the giant solar food dehydrator. Right. That was one artifact from one ATC. Right. And I kind of feel like this year we're probably going to finish up with like a dozen artifacts. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, which is kind of like the pep event that we had last spring was kind of cool, too, because, I mean, that, we got all these free log benches everywhere now. Right, right. <laughs> That's, which is nice. Totally. It's like, I'll just sit here. <laughs> you know, they're all over the place. Right. So um, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, bring it on. Let's do some more of that. Yeah. So this is, um, I'm, I'm excited that uh, this new format makes it so we get lots more artifacts. And um, I, I don't know. I just, I, I like the, because the other thing is like with the uh, the Rocket Mass Heater Innovators event that we've done in the past, then it's like, okay, let's bring together the five strongest minds in Rocket Mass Heater stuff today. And it'll accelerate rocket mass heater stuff as a whole. Right. And right now, you know, I don't know of anything like the ATC or the permaculture technology jamboree. I think we're the only people that do anything like that. I I mean, a lot of people do a PDC. Right. Yeah, I'm not familiar with anything comparable. It might be out there, but not that I know of. So now it's like the people that are into this are all going to come together, and I kind of feel like that really helps to accelerate the future of this kind of stuff. But, of course, in order to do that, we need not just people that are going to come and learn about it for the first time, but we, you know, hopefully a lot of, like half the ticket holders will hopefully be people that have... They'll be they'll be arriving with uh, a lot of skills in this space already. Right. A lot to share, as as well as learn. And so then there's a big exchange of, of right. knowledge. I think we've designed the event so that like if you come in without a lot of skill, you'll still be okay. You'll learn a lot. There will be a space for you. But if you come in with a lot of skill, you won't be bored and twiddling your thumbs. Like yes. you'll be able to jump in at a higher level and work with a lot of people who have complementary skills or things that you've never done before, or right. you can contribute your expertise to a project, there'll be a wide range of skill levels we'll be able to find things to do at the event and be happy. Yeah, I exactly. Yeah. And I think when we first started trying to dream this whole thing up, that's exactly what we kept in mind. We wanted people that were new to this and people that um, had a lot of knowledge and experience and keep them from getting bored. Right. Yeah. So, um, I, and I think I think what we've come up with is going to do it. And um, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I am so excited about it that I'm kind of already thinking about 2021. Right, right. And, and it's like, can we make it an even bigger event. Right. Well, there were a lot of things as we were coming up with the list of projects that are like, oh, man, we just can't do it this year, but let's put it on next year's list. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we've, got, we've already got a big, healthy list for 2021. <laughs> and I'm kind of thinking, like, what if, you know, because, like, this year we're doing the Jamboree followed by the Skip event. Right. And maybe the Jamboree could be a four-week-long event right. in 2021. That could be really cool. And then, of course, the people who come this year with experience might be our instructors for next, next year. year. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. All right, so you know, I know we're full of ideas, right. and we could probably keep going for a couple more hours, but let's wrap this thing up. If you like this sort of thing, 
come on out to the forums at permies.com, where we talk about permaculture technology, homesteading, and, you know, permaculture (laughs) all All the the time. time. Don't forget, go out to patreon.com slash paulwheaton and make a pledge for future artifacts.